You're listening to IQVIA Business Insights, a series of discussions about some of the biggest issues and questions facing our global healthcare ecosystem and how the integration of data, scientific expertise, technology, and analytics can drive business and patient outcomes forward. Hello, and welcome to the One Key Reference Assets Business Insights podcast channel where we discuss the latest trends occurring in healthcare, professional, and organization landscape. During this episode, we will talk about trends in prescriptive authority. The conversation will be centered on why the changes are occurring and the legislation driving the changes. My name is Chantal Kelly. I am IQVIA's Associate Director for One Key Reference Data, and joining me today is Liz Updike. Liz is IQVS Director and Senior Managing Attorney for the State Services Group and is here to share with us the current trends in prescriptive authority. Thank you so much for being here, Liz. Thank you, Chantel. It's a pleasure to be here and to help our listeners understand the current trends in prescriptive authority today. Thanks. This is such a very good topic and very relevant in today's landscape. Let's jump right into our discussion. There's a lot of states offering more expansive prescriptive authority for licensees. What do you attribute that to? Right. So there are a few things going on. Um, Certainly, this is driven by legislative changes. Um, There's a lot of activity uh, making these changes possible. Uh, The legislatures are creating additional opportunities for prescribing across the board. Um, They're doing this by the means of additional certifications that are in play in certain areas, different hourly requirements, things of that nature. Getting to the whys of why this is happening, all these changes are occurring. COVID certainly highlighted the need to provide some new ways for healthcare support across the U.S., But the trend really did start happening before that. You know, some of the reasons I think we can uh, ascertain is aiding those in more rural areas, you know, seeking more medical assistance. And also as the population just increases in general, lifespans expanding, uh, you know, there's just a need for more medical assistance across the board. And certainly the, the, um, you know, assistance can, can only increase by so much. So they're trying to find different ways to to uh, help all of us. Yeah, that's that's a great perspective. This is also important to our clients because their universe is constantly changing. Our one key data shows that there are almost two million healthcare professionals that can receive some sort of uh, sampling, whether it's controlled medications or non-controlled medications. So there's that strong need to have a data provider that's keeping up with these changes and understanding their universe and ensuring that you're providing samples to individuals who are actually eligible to receive them. That way you can get the most bang for your buck. Moving on, what do you think about pharmacists? I know there's been a lot of changes within their prescriptive authority over the years, and and what are your thoughts on that? So this group of prescribers is particularly fascinating to me. They've been, uh, there have been so many changes here recently, especially just in this year alone. We all know what pharmacists typically are responsible for. Some of these we may not know. So in Missouri, for example, in February of this year, pharmacists were able to prescribe and dispense HIV prevention medications. This is, of course, pursuant to a written protocol. However, they are prescribing and dispensing. 
In Nevada, in June of this year, pharmacists were given the ability to prescribe and dispense drugs to patients with opioid disorders. In Oregon, in June again, pharmacists were given the ability to prescribe medication refills and also prescribe a few different types of medications, such as contraceptions, corticosteroids, etc. In Montana, this is coming up in October, they will be given the ability to prescribe non-controlled substances for conditions that don't require a new diagnosis or as they term it, are minor and generally self-limiting. So you can see the trend, uh, you know, really when we talk about opioids, certainly, you know, talking a lot about that crisis, um, but also some of the more standard needs we all have, you know, throughout throughout our lives. So that this group is really uh, expanding, and certainly this year we've seen a lot of that. And is it true that pharmacists may also be able to refill certain prescriptions? Yes, so they um, are able to do, particularly in Oregon in June, they will be able to prescribe refills. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, that's I mean, that's like a lifesaver for a lot of us um, who, you know, you have to wait for the doctor to go ahead and do your refill. Just mm-hmm. having the pharmacist be able to do that will be a time saver. Absolutely. What is the extent of pharmacist prescriptive authority? So there are a few general trends that we're seeing and and groupings. Obviously, it varies state to state. That's just the nature of of how the U.S. works. However, we are seeing a few groupings. So in a majority of states where pharmacists do have prescriptive authority, again, it's not all, but in those states where they do, they're able to prescribe HIV drugs, contraceptives, tobacco cessations, uh, epinephrine auto-injectors, vaccines, and again, the opioid antagonists. So we're seeing kind of that grouping of, of therapies together. The legislatures explain this prescriptive authority trend by saying that these treatments are just a high priority for society. And as you look at what they're, what they're related to, we, we can all resonate with that. So in New York, for example, and this is paraphrasing what the legislature said, uh, but they said basically these measures are going to allow people access to health care, even if they don't have a regular doctor, even if they're waiting for an appointment, maybe they've moved to a, a new city or a new state, um, or there's some other life-changing circumstance. So that's kind of the, the mentality behind the legislature in, in allowing these, you know, broader prescriptive authorities for the pharmacists. That's great. Not, I mean, that's a very good update. What are we seeing as it relates to advanced practice registered nurses? Yeah, so APRNs, um, I'm just going to abbreviate them for for our purposes here. So for the APRNs, there definitely is a trend towards more independent prescriptive authority. Uh, Again, there's typically limitations and protections around this. They have a period of practicing under the supervision of of a physician. And then after that period of time, they are, you know, again, depends on the state, released to do that independent prescribing. So in Utah, and this is back in 21, uh, APRNs could independently prescribe Schedule II controlled substances. So we're talking that that's a lot of authority. West Virginia then followed suit in 22 with the same type of um, Schedule II prescription ability. In August of this year in Arkansas, 
clinical nurse specialists can obtain full independent practice authority. Uh, this gives them the ability to uh, prescribe without a collaborative agreement with a physician. In March in Kentucky, APRNs were able to obtain independent controlled substance prescriptive authority. They needed to uh, practice for four years under a collaborative agreement. And then once they completed that, um, they, they are independent with controls. In Oklahoma, certified nurse practitioners, clinical nurse specialists, certified nurse midwives, they likewise can obtain independent prescriptive authority after a period of supervised practice. And then in other states, there's, you know, a few hourly requirements of supervised practice. There's a threshold, you know, under that supervision, and then they can obtain full independent practice authority uh, without that collaborative agreement. So you can see that the more expansive prescriptive authority trend did indeed start earlier, but it's now just increasing with more rapid paces as we head through uh, 2023. Thanks so much, Liz. It's always, I just learned so much talking with you every time. There's, there's <laughs> always something new I take up. I hope that everyone joining us today has learned a lot as well. There's a lot of change happening and prescriptive authority is expanding. I encourage all of our listeners to reach out to your data provider and ensure that the data you're using includes the latest legislation changes that we discussed today. And please, if you have a chance, tune in to our next podcast where we will continue to discuss the trends and relate it to other practitioners. Thank you for listening. To learn more about this and other topics facing healthcare ecosystems around the world, visit iqvia.com.